0: Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working hard to improve our financial IQ, to increase our financial literacy. Total Wealth Academy is a coaching and consulting firm where we take people by the hand, step by step, through the process of building a second stream of income as opposed to to what most people are trying to do and sadly failing at is saving their way to retirement. The whole concept of saving your way to retirement is flawed. 95% of Americans fail to retire by age 65 using this method. But if you study the 5% who do retire successfully, guess what? They've all got second streams of income. So it is important to understand this principle that was highlighted by Warren Buffett over and over again. He has always said, oh, excuse me one second. He has always said, never rely on a sole source of income. Always invest to create a second. So, he wasn't referring to speculating in the stock market, gold, silver, crypto, or things like that, because they don't produce cash flow. He was referring to businesses in real estate that pay dividends, and 9 out of 10 millionaires in the United States used real estate to become so. So, it is the most effective and the most commonly used vehicle. And The way that we build a second stream of income is by investing in single-family homes, groups of single-family homes, or passively investing in big apartment complexes, self-storage complexes, senior living complexes. As an example, if we go out and buy a $20 million apartment complex or self-storage complex or senior living complex, that's going to take about $6 million. To purchase, that would be the total out of pocket. Where's that $6 million come from? Well, the members of Total Wealth Academy pool their resources. You might have as many as 60 people in that deal, each of them putting up $100,000. And they are the passive investors. There is a active investor in the deal known as the sponsor the sponsor locates the deal negotiates the deal signs for the mortgage he's the one who does all the work or she the passive investors do nothing I am a completely passive investor all of my real estate is managed by someone else I don't deal with tenants toilets taxes or anything like that and you can use your IRA, your 401k without tax or penalty to passively invest at Total Wealth Academy. So It's a great place to build that second stream of income and the goal of the Total Wealth Academy member is to build a second stream of income that meets and exceeds all of your wants and needs. I think it's pretty standard for our members to shoot for double their pay if they make $8,000 a month at their job then they want to shoot for about $16,000 a month in passive income why? that gives you $8,000 a month for bills and $8,000 a month for romance travel fun you got to have that extra income now I got a couple of emails of people talking about well Steve as soon as my passive income is as much as my job I should quit I disagree with that one retirement sucks everybody thinks that doing nothing is fun yeah it's fun for about three months you know you can only go fishing so much you can only go hunting so much you can only go travel so much before you start wondering why you're here because see what those things all have in common is they are selfish see what people think is when they retire for the rest of their lives They're just going to do selfish stuff. Travel, hunt, fish, whatever. It's not fulfilling. I've retired twice. Hated it both times. So, nobody believes me when I say this, by the way. Everybody's still convinced because society convinces you that retirement is the goal I'm warning you it's not the goal the goal is to find a job career or business where you're helping and serving other people in a way that's fun for you that is the goal in other words it's not retirement it's financial independence that is the goal the ability to do what you want where you want when you want with who you want it's that simple because I'm telling you I can pick a trust fund baby out at a bar what's a trust fund baby somebody who's been given so much money by their parents that they don't have to work I can pick them out They're usually obese. They're usually drinking too much. They have a vacant stare because they have no purpose. Giving your kids tons of money destroys their lives. Doing selfish stuff, travel, hunting, fishing, for the rest of your life it's an empty feeling it's not what you want to do people I know who have enough passive income not to work still work but they quit the job they hate and choose a job with less pay that they love something they're passionate about I know a former student of mine who has about $20,000 a month in passive income. He paints houses. That's his thing. He loves to just be by himself. He listens to music and paints the exterior of houses. Now, he's $16,000 a house because he does it by brush. (laughs) But that's his thing. That's what he loves to do. All right, we'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. Um, I'm your host, Steve Davis. Um, well, I triggered some emails. Uh, one of them is kind of funny. One of them is brutal. <laughs> one of them, I'll leave them anonymous, uh, um, relatively, like I said, brutal, point that she makes is I worked for 45 years I deserve to travel I deserve to do the selfish things I couldn't agree more especially if you worked at a job you hated for 45 years sucking it up thinking that it you should feel guilty for being happy sticking with a company with a mission statement you don't agree with working for a boss who's a jerk working for co-workers who work in a competitive atmosphere making your life miserable I couldn't agree more you deserve it my point is not whether or not you deserve it I believe every person that works hard raises their family cares about other people deserves it again that's not my point my point is it's a hollow feeling At 30, I was able to retire, quit working. I wasn't rich, but I was financially independent. Within six months, I was losing my mind. My wife literally told me, if you don't go find something to do, I think she threatened my life, if I recall it correctly. I remember that hollow feeling. I had so much cash flow coming in. I worked maybe 20 hours a month. Not a week, a month. And the rest of the time I was playing video games. We traveled quite a bit. And I just was like, is this what it's all about? but I recalled something towards the end of the sixth month. I recalled a woman coming into my office in tears. She had a suicide note from her husband. And I thought these were tears of despair and sadness. But they weren't. They were tears of joy. And she began to explain that she had joined my real estate investor group, I don't know, a year earlier, and she and her husband had bought a 35, 40-unit apartment complex. Her husband had quit his job, and they were living off the income from that apartment complex. And what she described was she went. She was cleaning up the house and found the note with a gun. She thought it was current. And she confronted her husband, and he goes, No, 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 no. That was from over a year ago. He was so miserable. At his job. And the results he was getting from his life. He had decided. To kill himself. To take his own life. He had bought a gun. And written the note. But she went on to say. Steve. Because of your radio show. We bought this apartment complex. He runs it not a big deal we don't make a huge amount of money off of it but it was enough for him to quit his job they had not made love for over a year she began to explain that about three months after he quit his job the romance came back that he now sings in the shower in the morning that happiness has bloomed for him. And she gave me all the credit when really it was them that did it. I just provided the information. But I remembered that incident I said I'm going back to work six months of not working feeling empty feeling lost but once I remembered that story that incident I knew what I had to do I had to go back and teach that is where my happiness lies That is where the joy is. Now, I know that's an extreme example, but I have had hundreds of similar experiences. Not on the verge of suicide, but on the verge of nervous breakdowns, people who were just flat out unhappy people who are miserable that because I shared my story they changed their lives that was when I knew I was a teacher and that was what I wanted to do and the interesting thing is for me you know I always knew I wanted to be a teacher since 16 but I was in denial because all the teachers I knew were broke, they were miserable. You know, my high school teachers, my college professors, they were always complaining, always bitching and moaning. None of them were happy. So to me, teaching wasn't something, it wasn't a goal. But what happened at age 16 is I read a book by Zig Ziglar. And I remember going, I want to be Zig Ziglar. If you're not familiar with Zig Ziglar, I suggest you go to Amazon.com and pick up any book. He's got dozens. Just pick one and read it. He is the most encouraging. He believes in everybody. He changed my life. I wanted to be Zig Ziglar. Then, later on, when I got Tony Robbins, it refreshed my memory, and I wanted to be Tony Robbins. The only difference is I didn't want to travel around the world. I didn't want to be away from my family, traveling around the country. And so I never really set the goal. I want... You know, when you want something, but it's not really a goal. It's more like a wish or a dream. That was what it was. I had a wish or a dream to be like Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins, but I wasn't willing to travel and be away from the family the way they were. Then... I figured out a way to be Zig Ziglar, to be Tony Robbins and stay with my family. A little thing called Total Wealth Academy. And that's just what made it makes Total Wealth Academy work is it just fits. I could not be happier. I spend somewhere between 30 and 60 hours a week at Total Wealth Academy. The average is probably less than 40 hours a week, but there's some weeks where I'm there 60 plus hours. I don't work. I don't work. It's play. It's fun. It's joyful. It's exciting you know I see people who travel all the time One minute. you know you're on Facebook and every month they're out of the country they're here they're there what are they avoiding now I know there's some people travels their thing but I don't think it's as many people as are traveling I think they don't like their life I travel very little because my life is a vacation I don't need a vacation my life is a vacation and when you build a second stream of income you get to do like I do and choose a job or career that you love, that you're passionate about That is a vacation. All right, we'll talk more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. I am your host, Steve Davis. Boy, did I get off track today. I forgot. I promised you guys that I'd teach you how I leveraged my time while I was working 70 hours a week to locate profitable deals. So let's head into that. I think I can get it done in two segments. Um, The one thing that you have to understand is that leverage is the key to success. Leveraging your money, leveraging your time, and leveraging your knowledge if you think about leveraging your knowledge for me it was simply getting a bunch of mentors buying the Carlton Sheets program Dave Deldado, Robert Allen getting all that knowledge instantly when it took them 20-30 years to get it um, that's leverage it saves you massive time think of leverage as saving your life, your time. Because your biggest asset is not money, it's time. Because it's so finite. You get about 75 good years. That's it. It's over. say, well, some people live to 85. Yeah. Have you seen the quality of lifestyle past 75? I know there's some exceptions out there. But for the average person, it's not nice not a good quality of lifestyle so you got to understand time is your biggest asset and leverage whether it's money time or knowledge saves your life think about this it took Ben Franklin eighty four years to write his autobiography you can read it in a week get 84 years of experience that's leverage that's why reading is so important, you cut years off the learning curve years, decades multiple decades off the learning curve so when it comes to time I was working 70 hours a week and I had a family kid on the way it was a situation where I was scared to death and I remember this feeling and watch out for this feeling because it's debilitating I felt like I was the only person on earth with a job and a family swear to you now some of you are going yeah sometimes I feel like that too so you know the feeling it's it's not true Everybody has a job and a family, yet some people are still succeeding. So having a job and a family is not a good excuse. It's a bunch of BS. It's a cop-out. So what I learned from, uh, I'm going to give Carlton Sheets credit for this, but I'm not sure if it, you know, it's been 30 years since I read them. Not sure who said it. But I think it was Carlton Sheets who said, leverage yourself with real estate agents. And what I did was I began calling real estate agents and getting a list, a group of them, to help me locate profitable properties. Now, let me say something and bear with me. I hate real estate agents. Hate them. But, I love real estate agents. Love them. Now, why do I say it that way? It's the Pareto rule for people. Did you know that 80% of the results in America come from the top 20% of the people? Top 20%. 20% of the results come from the bottom 80%. So do you see why I love and hate real estate agents? Because 80% of them are useless. Useless. It's only the top 20%. So if there are 50,000 real estate agents, which there are more than that, in the greater Houston area, does it make sense when I say 40,000 of them are useless? Only 10,000 of them are any good? So then, if you're calling agents randomly, like I was, how do you know you got the right ones? The sad thing is, you don't. It's a numbers game. So what you have to do is line up 20, 20 real estate agents That know you by name know what you're looking for have your pre-approval letter I'll explain all of this in a minute and understand what a good investment is and I'm telling you not even 10% of them know what a good investment deal is test me on this go to any real estate agent and ask them, why'd you become a real estate agent? Part of their answer is going to be 90% of the time because I wanted to be a real estate investor. Then ask them, how much investment real estate do you own? Their answer will be none. None. Whether they've been at it five years or 20 years. Why? Why? Because real estate classes teach you nothing about investing. They teach you how to sell other people's real estate. And that's it. They don't teach you about NOI. They don't teach you about cash flow. They don't teach you about leasing and managing property. It it, it's not there. They simply teach you how to sell other people's real estate so there's a warning when you start talking to real estate agents they're going to be naysayers they're going to be negative they're going to say things like oh if I found a deal you're going to describe a great deal and they're going to say stupid stuff like oh if I found a deal like that I'd do it and then What you want to say is, really? How many units do you own? None. I guess you wouldn't if you found a deal like that. Now, don't do that. That would be rude. But you get my point. But they're going to say stuff like that to try and neg you out. Ignore them. That's a hater's comment. Ignore them. Do not let any real estate agent neg you out. Under any circumstances, you keep pushing through and cultivate a group of 20 agents, again, that know you by name, know what you're looking for. They have your pre-approval letter or proof that you can pay cash, depending on what your situation is, and know you're credible. So let's first understand the difference between a listing and a selling agent. The reason this is confusing is sometimes the listing agent is the selling agent. That's what confuses people. But in many cases, probably the majority of single family sales, there are two agents. The listing agent and the selling agent. Let's define the listing agent first. The listing agent is the go-getter. This is the tough cookie. This is the person who hustles, goes out, finds families who want to sell their property, goes to the property, sits down with the family, and convinces them to let them sell their property for a 6% commission they're the top dogs these are the people you want on your list you want 20 listing agents to help you find deals now what usually happens is they sit down with a family at their house and they make the agreement this is called a listing agreement see why they're called the listing agent they're the ones that sign the listing agreement with the homeowner the seller and the seller agrees to pay 6% commission if they list it and sell it find the buyer simply put the listing agent finds the seller the selling agent finds the buyer do you see how that can sometimes be the same person what if you list a deal and find the buyer then you're the listing agent and the selling agent now when an agent does that guess how much of that 6% they get? All 6%. If you put yourself in a position where every time your agents find a deal, they can sell it to you, that means every time they do a deal with you, they get paid twice as much to sell to you as any other time. Who are they going to call? They're going to call you they make twice as much money. I'll explain that a little bit more when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about leveraging your time by cultivating a group of real estate agents to help you find deals and how it can be very difficult because of the 80-20 rule. 80% of realtors are pretty much useless. You've got to get to the top 20% and build credibility with them or they're not going to call you. But in the last segment, I showed you how to get your real estate agents paid twice as much to sell to you as anybody else. So let me explain this in more detail. All right. Pretend like I'm a real estate agent. I'm not, but pretend I am, and you call me and you say to me this, here's the script. Hi, my name is so-and-so, I am a real estate investor and I'm looking to add some property to my portfolio. I'm looking for single family houses, really in the price range ARV after repaired value, 250 to $350,000 that I can lease out. I'm looking for property that has a lot of deferred maintenance that I can rehab and make perfect, get a good deal on and lease for positive cash flow. Do you ever work with investors? Have you ever worked with investors? And then shut up. Let them start talking. Don't say too much. Did you notice that I did not brag about how much property I own? Don't do that. When you brag about how much money you have or how many deals you've done, what you're using is leverage greed to leverage yourself into their life. Do not do that. You want to actually give these agents permission to say no to you that they don't want to work with you. Don't try to oversell. Don't pretend you're something you're not. Don't tell them if you got 20 out. don't tell them. Just say, like I said, I want to add some property to my portfolio. Keep it simple. That way, if they say yes, they're not doing it because they're greedy and they think you got a lot of money, they think you're a big shot. You want to give them permission to say no so the bad agents will say no. So you call me and you say that to me I'm gonna respond in multiple ways let's review a couple of them the first thing I might say is no I've never worked with investors before I don't think I really I don't think I want to work with investors when you hear that remember that in most cases you're talking to an office there may be 20, there may be 60 agents at that office. Don't just give up. Say, okay, well, who at your office does work with investors? Then they say something dumb like, well, nobody. Then you're going to say, really? Nobody there has ever sold a duplex, triplex, or fourplex? That's investment property. They go, oh, yeah, um, Mike sells fourplexes once in a while. Great, let me talk to Mike then get on the phone with Mike and give him your little script. Mike understands that investors can buy property that owner-occupants cannot. See, what not a lot of people know is that a standard loan that you get from a bank, conventional loan, you can't buy property that's beat up The property has to be almost perfect. If there's missing carpet in a room, no deal. Hole in the wall, no deal. Missing doors, no deal. Needs a new AC, no deal. They will not finance it. And most agents only deal with conventional loans. So when they see a house that's beat up, they don't even try to get a listing on it. They just let it go because it won't qualify for a mortgage but after you call again pretend like you're calling me and I say something different I say yeah I'd love to work with an investor great I use hard money or cash or whatever your situation is to buy distressed property with hard money loans I can buy properties that do have missing carpet do have holes in the wall do need a new AC Does it make sense that you have now given me a new option for listing property? Before, I couldn't list houses like that because I only knew about conventional loans. Now that you called and told me, yeah, I can buy those beat-up properties, guess what? I can now do more deals. So for this example, as soon as you tell me that, My memory goes off and I go, oh, wait a second. You know, I looked at a house about a week ago that needs a lot of repairs, but I didn't sign a listing agreement on it because it wouldn't qualify for a mortgage. But if you can do deals on beat up houses, I'll go back to that family and see if they still want to sell. I hang up, call that family. They say, yes, we still want to sell. And I go sign a listing agreement with them. Then I immediately call you to buy it. Now that makes me the listing agent because I signed the listing agreement with the seller and the selling agent because I sold it to you. I get all 6% commission. Am I going to call you every time from now on? You bet. You've got to put yourself in that position with 20 agents. They need to know you by name, know what you're looking for. They need to know you're pre-approved. And all you do is get pre-approved with a bank. They give you a pre-approval letter and you send it to them. And, again, exactly what you're looking for. Make sure, though, that during your phone call, You say no less than three times. I want your listings only. Do not patrol MLS and bring me other people's listings. I want your listings only. You need 20 listing agents that go out, get off their butt, get out of the office, and find deals. You don't need somebody to patrol MLS for you. You can do that at HAR.com in Greater Houston. Every city has it. You need listing agents. Agents that bust their butt and go find deals. These are the top dogs. The top 20%. Using this technique. Oh, and by the way, warning. Guess how many agents I talked to to come up with 20? I talked to over 100. It may have been close to 200. What I did was on my lunch break, I would call between six and 10 agents and ask them, you know, do you work with investors? Um, do you find distressed property? You know, I, the little script that I gave you. And remember, you can podcast this show if you want to hear it again at totalwealthacademy.com, totalwealthacademy.com forward slash radio totalwealthacademy.com forward slash radio these 20 agents found me more deals than I could do I literally started wholesaling the deals I couldn't do myself and I'd make 3, $5, ten thousand 10 thousand dollars doing that I found more deals than I could do But be aware, this is hard work. Calling every single day for a month to line up 20 agents. Then you've got to call those agents once a month. You can't just do email. You want to email them once a month and you want to call them once a month. And I guarantee you're going to hear this. You're going to call one of your agents and they're going to go just like this. Ooh, sorry, Mr. Smith. Man, I had a deal you would have loved. I forgot about you. That's why you got to call them every stinking month and email them every month. And every time you do a deal, email the other 19 the deal you did. Because part of working with real estate agents is going to be educating them. They don't know what a good deal is they don't know so over time you slowly but surely educate them because the first deals that most agents bring you are not going to be good you gotta analyze it send it back to them with a clear explanation of why it's not a good deal until they learn what is a good deal but once you have twenty agents think of it like this while you're at work There's 20 people looking for deals for you and your family. That's the power of leverage and using the technique I just taught you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your day.